everybody, and welcome to Saturday Night Rewind. I am here with Randall Walter McDonald. And I am here with Brian Matthew Paradise. Well remembered. So we are here. Uh, we There's no new episode this week. So we are going to do a cast member highlight, our uh, kind of not ready for primetime player analysis, I mm-hmm. guess we could call it. And this week we're talking about somebody that is near and dear to both of our hearts, and that is Mike Myers. So Mike Myers was a cast member from 1989 to 1995. And so who is Mike Myers to you, Randall? Mike Myers to me. Well, my first experience with Mike Myers is Shrek. Okay. Uh, for me, because I think I was uh, eight years old when Trek came out, and I think that was the first time I heard of him. But when I first saw his face, it was uh, Wayne's World, the movie, the great movie. But obviously you were watching that in 1992. So how did you come to uh, watching Wayne's World? Uh, I think my father showed it to me. Um, Good job. Yes. Yeah, he did. He, He showed me all the cult classics and uh yeah and i and then i remember after we watched the movie then we went back and watched all of the wayne world sketches and uh that was when i was like i love this dude right yeah what about you what was your who who is mike myers to you he's definitely a cast member he Mm -hmm. his i this is that period because he was on from 89 to 95 so that was when i was watching reruns when i was in kind of middle elementary school. So I was watching those, you know, a few years, few years after they had premiered. But then he was on the show until I was 11. So he was mm. on right before they did that big change in 96 with Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry and Molly Shannon and Chris yeah. Kattan and that whole group. So I remember watching both the recent reruns of SNL and then watching uh, him live when the, the episodes were new, I, I, he, I distinctly relate him to that kind of big, my big kind of comedy awakening that happened around the OJ trial. I think I maybe mentioned that before. Oh, yeah. That it was just this event that everybody capitalized on comedically. So you had Dana... Dana Carvey doing a big stand-up special during that time while the while the trial was in progress. Chris Rock had a stand-up special that was right afterwards mm. where he had a uh, kind of famous bit about um, with the OJ verdict that white people too ha- happy, or I'm sorry, black people too happy, white people too mad. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> during the during that period on SNL, we, you had Mike Myers as Lance Ito, which is a, a thing that would not happen anymore. Yeah. But <laughs> I remember, you know, every kind of the cold opens, instead of being political things, were often OJ sketches. Yeah. So he was a big part of, of that. And then it was interesting. So you saw Shrek as a child. Yes. I kind of his movies that were coming out were the Wayne's World movies because those came out in, in 92 and 94. And then, so I feel like I kind of, not that I grew up with him, but I got definitely got to see him go from this guy on SNL and then seeing him become a global movie star over about 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about how many of SNL cast members actually became successful with movies. And I think he has to be one of the cast, the most successful movie-making cast member. I think so. I think you could put... Um, Will Ferrell in that category yeah, for sure. Yeah, Adam Sandler. I think Adam he's Sandler, up there. depending on how you define things, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, but I think that to your point, Mike Myers started his movie career through his direct connection with SNL. So he they took My- Wayne's World and made it a movie. Mm-hmm. Other cast members aren't really launched that way as movie stars. Adam Sandler became a movie star because he got fired. Right. And Eddie Murphy became a movie star because he was Eddie Murphy. Right. He was just, it feels like he was this, this property that kind of, he like lent himself to SNL for a period, but yeah. he was going to be a, at least a nationwide standup star kind of independent of SNL. Right. Yeah. He was going to be successful regardless of SNL. Yeah. And I mean, and we said this right before we started the podcast, was that Wayne's World is one of the only successful yeah. Saturday Night Live sketch movies. Yeah, and that definitely 
reward some further exploration, which I'm sure we'll get to uh, yeah. sometime this season. But I, 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 so going back to Mike Myers, that he is somebody that I, I think was one of the few people that I have a memory of like watching, not the only, the few, but one of the earliest ones of watching a career develop and watching him just be kind of explode. And so I think we can start with, I don't want to go through too many biographical details. Mm -hmm. He's Canadian. He was a child star. Yes. And I did not know that. No, he did a bunch of stuff in Canada. Yeah. And then he got uh, put into the second city training right out of high school. So he had a fair amount of chops going into um, his professional career, right. As an, as an adult, yeah. And then he was able to parlay that into joining us. And like a lot of people of that era, kind of the first 15 years of the show, very direct connections to Second City. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually he moved down to Chicago to go to the original Second City and perform there. Uh, what is so fascinating to me about him and like the characters that he played was uh, how much from his real life he took with him yeah and explored and i I, and i kind of wrote down a few of like how he was his father was from liverpool and so a lot of his relatives spoke like that and he kind of used that to influence uh austin powers and uh with wayne's world it's like the town he grew up in in canada and some of the characters that he played uh in snl which i think we'll get to uh a lot of things that he took with him from his hometown in his childhood. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I, I, what's significant about him is he is a credited writer mm-hmm. on SNL. So he's creating a lot of his own opportunities. And I think that, that that's where you see his success. And as I was looking back at, um, looking back at his career on SNL is it's, all these iconic characters that had reoccurring bits. And I think that is the strength of somebody that is their own writer. So he had, you know, he had Wayne's world and some others that we'll talk about and having that be like, Oh, this is successful. I'm going to keep writing for myself and keep making opportunities for me. And then you can see that he worked with like a variety of cast members. Mm -hmm. But during those six years, this five years, five, six years, is you see that he is a kind of primary person on the show and a, the show is kind of centered around him in some respects. Yeah, yeah, it is. it is. And uh, one thing that I, I, I wanted to talk about, speaking of Second City, was yeah. how his, his dad is a big influence in his life and his dad would go to these shows and his dad had uh, Alzheimer's. Mm, okay. And uh, one of the things that he said, whenever his dad would come see his shows at Second City, he would heckle everyone else and would say, get out of here. Like, where's my son? He's the funniest <laughs> one. And he said he had to always warn the cast members, like, my dad's in the audience. He's going to heckle you. And uh, oh, that's amazing. I just think that that's hilarious. Yeah. He, in interviews, had talked about that he had uh, just a very funny family. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy. Comedians were looked at as gods in his family. I think yeah. he said that in an interview. So let's talk a little bit about, so what are some of your favorite Mike Myers kind of reoccurring characters or sketches? What do you think of, when you think of SNL and Mike Myers, what do you think of? Yeah, uh, obviously Wayne's World, Wayne Campbell. Um, But for me, what I remember at a young age when I was like going back and watching old SNL was uh, Dieter. Yeah. I remember that just cracking me up and just his German character. And and that was when I, I loved... I just thought anyone who did a German accent was hilarious. And it was just because of him doing uh, Dieter, which uh, is based off of a waiter from his hometown. Oh, okay. And that is... Uh, you're referring to Sprockets. Yes, yes, Sprockets, yeah. The... <laughs> The uh, the German show, and he always had some kind of assistant that would come in, and they always had to touch the monkey. Yes. Uh, just a great sketch. But, yeah, so there's that. And then, obviously, any Scottish uh, character that he played, uh, there was the Scottish store. Yeah, so this is, I think, when I, even though, obviously, Mike Myers is best known for, for Wayne Campbell on, on Wayne's World. Yeah. What I like about him a lot is his, kind of the, his, kind of British dialect work. Yes. And or kind of Scottish dialect. And so I I thought 
when I when I was thinking of that, I thought about Scottish Soccer Hooligan Weekly, mm-hmm. and I thought that that was something that he had done a lot. I am wrong. That is something that he did way at the end of his tenure because he did that with Mark McKinney. Yeah, but he also had all things Scottish. Yeah, where if it's not Scottish, it's, it's crap. crap. And just what is cool, he rem- he and um. Phil Hartman had this thing where they were never in sketches as themselves. They were like big kind of character people. Hartman mm-hmm. was doing political impressions and kind of game show host kind of duties, uh, very similar to what Bill Hader, kind of that's that similar kind of thing. And then he and, and Mike Myers was doing a lot of character dialects and uh, lots of character work. So you, you almost never saw just like, Mike Myers, the person. Right. Yeah. He always had some kind of accent. It yeah. seemed like. Yeah. Yeah. So what? So yeah, I really like both Scottish Soccer Hooligan Weekly and All Things Scottish. They were, it's one of those where you almost put a a weaker host because it is such a driver of the scene. You basically just need a straight man to let him go. So the, the version, uh, the sketch uh, Scottish Soccer Hooligan Weekly that I watched this week was one with David Hyde Pierce. Okay. So it was. Um, Mark McKinney and um, and Mike Myers, and then they brought in as the hooligans with the tattoos and the missing teeth and the shape oh, yeah. and whatever. And then um, David Heiss Pierce as this kind of kind of clean cut kind of cat. So that was one of those words. Another very good sketch for an okay host. Yeah, just bring him in and just kind of do stuff around them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That and I think that that's a good point that most of his sketches he drove and yeah if there was a host they were just kind of the straight man or thrown in there for for quickie yeah so what are some other uh mike myers highlights uh another one um i think it's is it linda richmond is one of the characters yes coffee talk yes that's another one that is he plays this very uh jewish uh a woman who is also based off of his his in-laws right yeah his mother-in-law and yeah that's a. I saw this interview on uh, Larry King where they call his mother-in-law, and it sounds exactly like Linda Richmond. Oh, that's amazing! And he's like, "Do you see where I got it from?" <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That's a. That's another great one. It seems like a lot of these of his characters are, are talk show hosts. <laughs> yeah, there's a, you there's got a lot of it's Wayne's World, and yeah. So I think it's interesting about Linda Richmond. That is one where if like people know some of these sketches, but like. The um, there was a period of time where uh, people would be would use that like can we talk kind of thing like they would like affect that Linda Richmond voice just like yeah. in the world yeah so if there's something that's like the most pervasive kind of character thing it's not Schwing it's not we're not worthy it is more like kind of uh, a peanut is neither a pea nor not discuss yeah and, like that kind of thing like can we talk that that feels like the thing that entered the zeitgeist the most permanently yeah. was Linda Richmond. Yeah, yeah. The, I think I, I saw someone say, like, he made Yiddish into, like, everyday talk. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I remember there's one in the, the what was good about Linda, the Coffee Talk and Linda Richmond as, like, an enterprise, I'm assuming for the writers, is you could adapt it to whatever because it is a chat show. Yeah. So I, I distinctly have a memory of it was around the Academy Awards for the English Patient. Okay. So, and one of the um, the nominees was Ray Fiennes. And this was when he was pretty new into his career. And uh, the Linda Richmond's joke was that your name is not Rafe, your name is Ralph, because that's how it's spelled. And, like, right. I do not buy my clothes from Rafe Loren. <laughs> and that's, so that was one where they, it was, people knew that character well enough that I think when hosts were coming on, they wanted to do a Linda Richmond sketch because they oh, wanted yeah. to interact with Mike Myers because he was such a hard priority. Uh, property. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about uh, host. Another kind of version of that is uh, Simon. Yes. The the child, right? Yeah. So the, the kid who is in his tub that likes to do drawings uh, and <laughs> kind of going to his kind of English upbringing with his, his British parents. And basically it was just like what I liked about it is it had this it was cute, but also had this like surreal undertone because basically all of his drawings are through a window because he is like stuck at home or yeah. like stuck in hotels or whatever. So his parents are out doing whatever and he doesn't share in that. So he just has like the framing of like a drawn window and then like whatever he may <laughs> see. So just like the 
kind of like the sad reality of a kid kind of being limited by what his parents expose him to, but yeah. also being also Mike Myers uh, semi nude in a tub, uh, accusing the viewers of looking at his bum. <laughs> He's a bum looker. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. What What is your favorite uh, Mike Myers SNL character? I think I. I probably, if you had asked me in like 1994, I probably would have said Dieter from Sprockets because I, I liked how, and it's funny, uh, I think it, you mentioned it, the kind of German accent. I think it created that prototypical shouty German dialect, mm -hmm. which uh, both you and I have deployed in certain professional capacities. Yeah. And so I think I like that. Um, what's interesting and certainly looking at his career Afterwards, I really like all of his kind of Scottish stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I, and we'll get to movies in a bit, but I remember when people were talking about Fat Bastard from Austin Powers. They're like, oh, this crazy dialect. And I'd be like, baby. Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I've been listening to Mike Myers do a Scottish dialect for a long time. And I had to do a comedic Scottish dialect for a show. Yes. And I was just doing Mike Myers. I remember you saying that yeah, to me backstage. I'm just doing a Mike Myers. I don't. I didn't do any real research. Like if right. I, I, if I wanted to do a real Scottish dialect, you should watch like Train Spotting or something like that. Yeah. But if you want to do a comedic one, you just do Mike Myers. <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah. There was a who was the he did a Scottish character also on Weekend Update. Yeah. Where he would get very mad at Americans for not understanding Scottish or giving them respect. Right. Which I think it was with Dennis Miller as the, he was the host at that time. Yeah, it, he was that. there from like Miller through Nealon, and okay. I think maybe Norm Macdonald came a little after that. Uh, another one that is notable is um, uh, Philip the Hyper Hypo. Yeah, which another like again feels like a sketch that we're not doing anymore. Uh, so did did you watch one of these? Yes, yes, I watched. Uh, which one did I watch? Um, probably the Nicole Kidman one. Yes, that is the yes, one that's yeah. Uh, th yeah, this is one that I don't think what, that we would see any any more nowadays. No, well, <laughs> just making like certainly as somebody that worked in K twelve education for the last fifteen oh, yeah. or you know for twelve of the last fifteen years that. Working with students that have like attention disorders is like a serious thing, and having it played for yucks is kind of uh, interesting. But it is also a great sketch, uh, especially again, like he has this like undercurrent of a lot of his characters of just kind of like sadness mm -hmm. that you can see, and certainly with like Philip, mm -hmm. and then you see it with uh, this character where uh, one of his lines. Because uh, uh, Nicole Kidman is like singing this kangaroo song, and then his she says like my parents think that I am the best, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. And then he says in response to that, "Wow, you get a lot of positive reinforcement," <laughs> which is kind of beautiful. And like, oh yeah, it's, that is something. Uh, just like disparate child rearing, whatever. Because she is this like effervescent, pretty girl in a dress, and he is literally chained to playground equipment because otherwise he'll like run off he'll get away uh i think something that he does very well is making his characters very genuine yeah i think that's why it gets away with with a lot of it and i think that like even with this sketch you see this this child <laughs> coming through yeah yeah i think we all uh Certainly, because this again, this being the '90s, we all have some kind of memory of a, a kind of an out of control kid. Like I was definitely a child that wore like a leash, because otherwise <laughs> I'd run off. So, you know, like now they disguise them as like a backpack with a monkey tail, but I just wore right. a harness. Like right. I just <laughs> had a leash so that I wouldn't run away. There was a chain to you, and yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that's what people like about him, and he was such a committed performer. And I think we talked a little bit about other cast members that are notable for breaking or maybe not taking it as seriously. And you, and so I watched, uh, his, the monologue from when he hosted. Okay. I didn't see, I didn't watch this one. So he hosted, 
Uh, and I just remembered it distinctly from when it was live. So I, I went back and watched it. He hosted it. He hosted when he was promoting. Um, when he was promoting Austin Powers. Okay. So he had already made the two SNL or the two Wayne's World movies as a cast member, and then he had made a couple of other things. Um, and then he was there to promote Austin Powers, and it's amazing um, because it is before. It was like he is about to become a major movie star, mm-hmm. and no one in the room knows that. So it was interesting because he starts by saying, "You know, I'm here uh, to promote uh, Austin Powers International International Man of Mystery. It premieres on this day, like May second or whatever." And it kind of doesn't get anything, which was weird because, as somebody that was alive when that happened, and then seeing the aftermath. If he had said that, you know, the month after the movie came out, if he had, you know, somehow been hosting SNL in June, the place would have exploded. You know, yeah. there would have been big cheers for this movie that became a juggernaut. Yeah. But no one knows that yet. They just yeah. know that, like, the guy that's made a few things is making another thing. Yeah. Um, but what's cool about it, and this is one of those monologues that I had uh, kind of seared into my brain, because basically the premise is he, um, Molly Shannon is upset because she, um, had a sketch cut, and and he's on stage. So as well, those they brought a bunch of cast members on stage. Yeah. So it was like Will Ferrell and Sherry Terry and Anna Gasteyer and Molly Shannon and um, Chris Kattan. So they're all kind of like flanking him, and she's upset because her sketch got cut. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, well that does happen sometimes when they cut show cut sketches after dress." And then um, he's like, "Oh wait." That won't happen to me because I'm the host. And then they sing a musical number where they like go backstage and they interact with like um, Lorne, who is having a uh, uh, a kind of crew member whip a pantsless Norm Macdonald for screwing <laughs> up during dress. Um, he kind of goes through a hallway of a bunch of different current cast members. So um, Daryl Hammond and... Um, uh, one of the guy, one of the oh, I already said his name. One of the guys from Kids in the Hall, Mark McKinney, kind of interacts with them and like, hey, yeah. maybe you could host sometime. I'm like, yeah. And then he goes, uh, he shows Tim Meadows, and he's like, hey, you could. I'm so, so glad you came back to see me. And he's like, <laughs> oh no, I'm still a member of the cast. <laughs> and then he sings this like, and this is all a song, so it's like kind of this bouncy thing. And then he has this line about like, why did I sign a 30 year contract? That's so long. I know that now. Just like, because <laughs> um, he was the one of the longest serving cast members until like, he was eclipsed by Daryl Hammond and then eclipsed again by Keenan. Keenan, yeah. Because Keenan's now been the longest at 18 years. But, um, it's crazy. That is crazy. But yeah, so it, that was kind of distinct where it was one of the few times that you saw Mike Myers just as Mike Myers. And mm-hmm. it's a cool idea that he's about to become one of the biggest stars in the world for about 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, he is promoting. He's Austin, promoting the first Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. This is like 97. Okay. So he'd only been away for a couple of years. For two years. And he's, this is a. Uh, an original character. So this is not something that he's done on SNL. Correct. And so, yeah, yeah. So nobody knows. Nobody has any idea. No. So he's, so he's on for these six years. He does a bunch of stuff. He's like the right. core of the show. And especially because there was, he was kind of like a two-hander with Dana Carvey because Dana Carvey was a big mm-hmm. presence on the show. And then Carvey leaves. And then, so he's basically the anchor of the show. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they retool and basically get rid of everybody Except for Daryl Hammond, Tim Meadows, and Norm Macdonald. Everybody else changes. Everybody goes. Uh, and then he comes back a couple of years later. So I think we're in a good place to start talking about yeah. uh, Mike Myers kind of post uh, SNL. So he makes a couple of movies while he's in the cast, those two movies being Wayne's World uh, 1 and 2. Uh-huh. Um, and then he also makes. One of my favorite movies of all time, which is So I Married an Axe Murderer. Have you seen So I Married I an Axe Murderer? I have not seen it. It is so good. It, it what, what I think is interesting about him, it, is that he's basically, this is the one of the few times you see him just as like a normal person, right? Because hmm. he's not, he's in kind of character for the Wayne's World movies. Yeah. But in So I Married an Axe Murderer, he is this guy who lives in San Francisco. 
he um, starts dating this uh, other. Uh, he starts dating this woman uh, played by uh, Nancy Travis. He's got a buddy uh, played by um, Anthony Lapaglia. Uh, I may have got the who's the, I'm sorry. He yeah. So he starts. So he's got him and his buddy. He's in San Francisco. Uh, the movie opens with him doing like these kind of coffee house, kind of spoken word poems with okay. this jazz trio. It screams 1993. Oh, great. Because the, the, the kind of coffee house culture that was kind of starting in the U.S. And what I like about it so much is that it is, it's kind of a little absurd. And it also kind of shows some things that are going to happen because in it, he plays both himself and his father, who is Scottish. Okay. So there's a bunch of <laughs> scenes of him as his father um, just yelling about football, soccer. And you know this, what? I've seen clips of this. You've seen I, him. I've seen this. Yeah. I've seen clips of his father yelling. And he's got like a younger brother who's got a big head who sits in front of the TV. So it's a lot, yes. of, a lot of head move now. Yeah. Um, and it ends with, um, there's a part where like he as a drunken version of his father singing uh, uh, If You Think I'm Sexy to a bagpipe. And yeah. then he so it is, it's got a lot of great scenes. It's very funny. It's very weird. I think it was the, the idea is that it was a movie that was uh, written by somebody else. And then when he came on, they kind of like Mike Myers did. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so he does that while he's on. And it, I, I wish it had been a bigger success because I think he would have made more of these kind of like character pieces where he gets to have fun. Yeah. Instead, he ends up just fine making a bunch of franchise movies. Yeah. So he makes uh, So Marion Max Murder, then Wayne's World 2. So he does that while he's a cast member. And then he makes Austin Powers, uh, mm -hmm. the first one, International Man of Mystery. And that was when I was 13. Oh, wow. So this is middle school for me, middle school going into high school. And that thing was just inescapable. Yes. Yeah. That's what I... I, I mean, I was... I was four at five at that time. <laughs> so I I don't remember the first one was ninety seven. I don't remember. So you were three. But but I do remember <laughs> because my name is Randy. Right. And yeah. so I do remember at a very young age people coming up to me and asking me, Do I make them Randy? So and I didn't really understand it. That's incredible. <laughs> it was so weird because it basically like being there, mm -hmm. like what when this stuff was happening, you both saw like the movie was very big. The soundtrack was nuts. Yeah. Like the so that was a big deal. Uh and it was just a, just all these kind of catchphrases just kind of came out. The do I make you horny? Do I make you randy? Uh I'm spent. Um all the penis and larger pub stuff. It's got a great kind of early movie appearance by Will Ferrell. Mhm. Mm and it just was it just started a franchise. Yeah. And yeah. they do more of these things. They made a ton of money. Yeah. And I and I read that the second one made more its first weekend than the first one did in its entire run at the theaters. I am not surprised. Yeah. So, yeah, it just was this huge franchise. Now, one of the things I think that we should talk about is Dr. Evil and how this is actually an impression of... It's a Lauren impression. Right. But isn't it... Didn't he steal it from Dana Carvey? That's entirely possible. I think it was one of those where like everybody kind of does a Lauren yeah. and because Dana Carvey is such a good impressionist that his Lauren was kind of the, the best. Yeah, because I, I was reading that they kind of had a feud going on after they separated from Wayne's World. Oh, and one of the things that pissed off Dana Carvey was he was like, he stole my Lauren impression. And for Doctor, a gigantic movie made, franchise out of it. Right, and he was like, he could have used me. Like I could have played Dr. Evil and right. he... he did it himself. So, yeah. So the the first one was uh, written by Mike Myers, uh, directed by Jay Roach, who and they uh, then kind of stick together for at least. Uh, so they make the the three as a kind of writer director duo. They make the the three of these. So, and the like to your point, the second one was, and that was when I was in high school, mm -hmm. and that was like everybody saw it. Everybody was quoting it. Everybody was super into their fat bastard impressions. 
I was standing there going like, please go watch. Uh, please go watch. So I Married an Axe Murderer. That is where that character That's came from. That's where that, yeah. Um, but like a ton of celebrities are in this thing. It's got uh, got Rob Lowe as um, kind of the younger version of um, kind of the eye patch guy. Yeah. And uh, just everybody wanted to be in on this thing. It had that great um, kind of penis joke runner. Right. Um, with all those kind of kind of connected lines, which was very cool. Yeah. I like I love in the this uh they had like a Lenny Kravitz cover of American Woman that was central to the the soundtrack. Um Heather Graham's in this and amazing. Like it is just a very, very uh-huh. solid movie. And it was just it was the idea of like co- um comedy sequels are hard. Yes. Because part of a comedy is surprise and if you are looking for things to happen it's harder for that surprise to exist Uh but i think what they did with this one is they were able to really elevate the things that were successful in the first one it starts with the big kind of opening sequence kind Mm -hmm. of musical number thing it's got even more celebrity cameos it's got an even more engaging kind of uh kind of female lead as as a foil the I keep on talking about the soundtrack, but it was a very big deal. Um, so yeah. a lot of that. And then he does some other things at the time. He he makes uh, 54, which is a movie about Studio 54. Right. He's more serious in this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's like he does a good job in an okay movie. Yeah. Um, and then he makes Mystery Alaska, which is like a kind of hockey comedy, yeah. also directed by uh, Jay Roach. And then he makes shrek yes talk to me about shrek because you are the you are the younger of the two of us (laughs) so uh shrek is a is a big movie just i don't i think it was dreamworks like biggest movie and it was finally able to compete with uh pixar at that time um originally shrek was supposed to be played by chris farley and they recorded half the movie with chris farley and he tragically passed away. And two years later, they get Mike Myers to do it. He also records half of the movie and then says, hold on, I want to re-record it and make him Scottish. Yeah. And so he re-records it, and it becomes the most expensive animated movie of all time at that time because it took three times to record it. Right, yeah. Yeah, so I remember this interview he's on so mike myers is on like jay leno Mm -hmm. while this is being done so like during the recording session so like nobody knows that not nobody but like i was unaware of what movie he was talking about but i remember him talking about recording an animated movie with a scottish dialect Mm -hmm. and so there's a and then he talks to this kid at least for the bit that he's doing on jay leno he's he's talking to this kid saying hey what do you what do you think about my accent? And the kid is going like, it's crap with like this <laughs> Scottish kid going like, it's crap. And um, so he has this kind of bit where the kid just keeps on chasing him down saying that it's his, his terrible Scottish dialect. Oh, and awesome. then like however many years after that interview, Shrek comes out and it's like the, one of the biggest movies in the world. And what's interesting about um, that is you were talking about competing with Pixar. Yeah. So Pixar was getting names, but they weren't like putting them on the poster. Right. right. Like Toy Story was Disney Animation presents a Pixar movie, Toy Story. Right. And the big thing about that back in 95 was this is the first fully computer animated feature film. That is what they were going with. Right. People knew that Tim Allen and um, Tom Hanks were in it, but they weren't like facing them on the poster mm-hmm. the way that when you make Shrek, it is. John Lithgow and Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy and the woman whose name I'm forgetting. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Thank you very much. So it is just, those are the bullet points on that poster. So they like, they kind of put his celebrity forward because he had already made uh, Spy Who Shagged Me. So he'd already made the second Austin Powers movie. Mm -hmm. He was at kind of like um, what our kind of friends at the ringer talk about like apex mountain. Like he was at the, the height of his powers then. And then he makes this movie. Yeah. Over years. And he does it because of the tragic loss of Chris Farley. And he kind of is able to command that 
they re-record everything so he gets it just right. And that is one of the best executive decisions that DreamWorks could have made. Because yeah. they allow this extra time. And that movie maybe works, but not as well if he isn't doing that kind of very stereotypical Scottish accent. Yeah, and you can you can go online and listen to the Chris Farley version because mm-hmm. they have half of it and yeah. they've got the drawings. And it would have been a very different movie. Yeah, and I don't know if it would have been as successful. As much as I love Chris Farley, just the Scottishness of an ogre it makes the most sense. Uh, this uh, thing about him wanting to take time, yeah, I read about is actually why he makes a disaster movie called Cat in the Hat. Did you know why he made this movie? No, I just avoided it like the play because it seemed terrible. So. Actually, he does this. He has a contract with Universal Pictures to make a Dieter movie. I, I, I remember that I, when Sprockets was in development, being very excited, and then it yeah. got canceled. So, because Mike Myers was taking too much time to get the script just right. Okay. So he drops out because they say you're taking all of our budget. They sue him. He countersues, and they settle with him playing Cat in the Hat. That's amazing. And so that's how we got that disaster of a movie because he takes so much time and he does it again with Shrek, which I think is that same year to in the year 2000. Uh, Cat in the Hat is 03 and then 03. Shrek is 01, but Shrek 2 is 04. So he's, yeah. I'm assuming he gets off of the first Shrek and starts recording the second one. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, this whole legal suit happens because he doesn't think Sprockets the movie is ready. Yeah. Which I, I kind of love that. Because there's so many bad comedies because they just want to get it out. And for him to say, if we're not going to do it right, we're not going to do it at all, Yeah, I think is awesome. What I think is interesting is if you look at that period, so, so 2001, Shrek, 2002, Goldmember, which is fine. <laughs> it's not great. That's one, is, that, that one has Michael Caine in it, right? That is one has Michael Caine, has this big kind of, Michael Caine is his dad. Yeah. And that is, I think, in Spy Who Shagged Me, it kind of grows to a point where it makes sense. Yeah. Goldmember, it, it's just more is more. Yeah. The last movie, Mike Myers played three characters. This time, he'll play four. Yeah. You know, and so, but if you look at that as like a pivot point on his career that is where things just start tipping towards him just being like essentially a full-time voice actor because the actual live action movies he makes are not great no so he makes cat in the hat which we established was basically through a contract dispute he's in view from the top which is this uh kind of flight attendant comedy Mm. yeah then he makes shrek 2 which is good Makes a movie called, he's in a, uh, then he makes Shrek the Third. Then he makes The Love Guru, which was just a, this is another one that like I wish I would have seen so that I could speak more on it. But I don't know, this thing came out when I was out of college and just didn't have time to waste on a movie that I knew was going to be terrible. Yeah, I I saw it when I was, I think, in eighth grade or ninth grade. And yeah, I remember being like, oh. Well, it's an attempt to, Make a, an Austin Powers like movie, do like a deep character, uh-huh. whatever. Um, and then after that, he's in. I'm gonna skip one. Then he's in Shrek Forever After. He directs a documentary in 2013. Right. He's in a Chris Farley document documentary in 2015, and he has a small role in a couple of movies that came out a couple years ago. He's a very cute cameo in Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Calls back to Wayne's World. Calling back to my school. Yeah. Um, the thing that I think he's done, and this is another kind of one scene in a movie, he is has this great um, scene in Inglorious Bastards. Right. The Tarantino oh, yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when a Tarantino movie comes out, it is an event. I'm excited to go. I saw um, the Grindhouse double feature in its entirety with my wife. Oh. We were in that theater for four hours, whatever. It was amazing. So, I remember watching uh, Inglorious Bastards, and they have the credits at the beginning where they show the cast members, and it says Mike Myers. And I noted that and went, well, it can't be Mike Myers. Right. Why is he in this movie? 
And then, like, but yeah, so like 90 minutes into it, he has this scene with Michael Fassbender, and he's amazing. And that is uh, what I, I love about Mike Myers. He's deep character, put a fake nose on him. He's great. Yeah. But he just, like, isn't doing anything. Yeah. He's just not, he's clearly got, he's made all the money that he needs to make in his lifetime, but he just hasn't really done very much. Like, the, the, the most notable thing that he's done recently is he hosted the Gong Show for a season. Yeah, but was it him? Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, uh, I love Mike Myers. Yeah. And I loved all the work he did on SNL, and then he was so good mm-hmm. early in his career. And I don't know, and basically now, like, according to him, he's, like, retired. Yeah. In his... At like fifty-seven, yeah, and you know we see that, we see that also with with Eddie Murphy, yeah, and kind of the same, the same thing because he does Shrek, and then oh yeah, they got those big fat Shrek paychecks. Why yeah. are they going to do anything else? And then they just both kind of disappear. Yeah, well, and it's Mike Myers. Obviously, he was able to transition out of SNL successfully mm-hmm. and created. A successful film franchise was part of another one, but I don't know what he like. What would you? I guess this we can. So we've talked about his his SNL career. We've talked about his movie career. His movie career. What would you want from Mike Myers in the next five years? As he's he's in his late fifties, early sixties. What what would he? What would be a good vehicle for him? I, I think something original that he writes. That's that's what I think would be the best thing for him. Because I think he, he's kind of maxed out on all of his characters. Yeah. I mean, in Aust- another Austin Powers, maybe, but it, that it's like doing Dumb and Dumber 2. You know, it's like so far away yeah. that it's almost like, come on, man. No, we've kind of, everybody had the this kind of, explosion of British film nostalgia around those three movies. And that has, that is gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's such a good writer and I think he's, he's the older you get, the wiser you get. He might be able to create a new kind of vehicle for himself. I, and I think that would be the best option for him. Maybe like a little, a little, another cult following, comedy that that he makes an original story and original characters what's hard is that he could command such a budget Mm -hmm. for for a big period of his of his career i almost want to see him i think he's a good writer i think the love guru shows that left to his own devices he's not going to make like the best decisions Uh uh-huh but he's somebody i think i'd really like to see him partner with somebody that is kind of hot right now. now. I'd yeah. love to see him partner with um, like Tina Fey yeah. or somebody that's doing these kind of interesting uh, Netflix kind of Hulu shows. And yeah. Let him partner with somebody either younger or somebody that has found more success more recently and kind of develop something. I'd also really like to see him because I think that he's got maybe a, a different kind of side to him that we haven't seen, that mm-hmm. he hasn't found a good vehicle to express. And I'd really like to see him maybe even work um, in some kind of capacity with somebody like Hater, where he develops something like Barry, where it is it is funny, but yeah. he's not mugging necessarily. Yeah. You know, I could easily see him. So maybe that's what I want to see from him, is I want him to start doing small roles in interesting things. Yeah. And I think... When kind of both Eddie Murphy and Sandler are examples of this, like they can do their big, let's spend a bunch of other people's money and have some fun on something light. And then they can also, you know, Eddie Murphy can be in Dreamgirls and be incredible. Yeah. And Sandler can be in Punch Drunk Love and be great. Yeah. So I think I'd be interested in seeing Mike Myers partner with, somebody that has been writing more recently yeah, and try to just do some smaller things and just get the kind of the kind of chops back. Yeah. He could make a cameo in Barry. He'd be great in right? Barry. 
just throw like a Slavic accent on the dude and let him be just like another kind of heavy. Yeah, yeah. That, and, and that would maybe get him back into the game s- yeah. slowly. Yeah. Because I just don't, I do not want to think that at 57, we have seen the end of Mike Myers' professional career. I just like don't, I, do, I reject that premise. I think he is too talented mm-hmm. to just stop creating stuff because there's been so many good things that he's done. I think he does need to move forward, though. Uh-huh. Uh, he kind of guested as Dr. Evil a couple of times over the last five years, and it's just sad. Yeah. It's like, that's not what we want. Yeah, we want something new and original. Yeah. And what I find fascinating about him is when he left SNL in 95, he takes a two-year hiatus and then comes back with yeah. uh, Austin Powers. He needed, I think that's your point, like he needed the time to develop something. So I would like to think maybe in the semi-retirement, he's developing something. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope so. I think all the interesting stuff is happening on television. I think that's why I was thinking about like people that are doing stuff on because that seems to be like a very good place for comedy because big budget Hollywood comedies are hard to come by now. And I yeah. think that but like there's amazing stuff happening on Hulu and HBO and Netflix. And there's got to be a, a the right partnership for him to to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Even I mean, even like a some kind of sketch. show, even. Yeah. Get him back to his roots. Oh, seriously. Give that guy eight episodes on Peacock and see what he can do with with a good writing team. Yeah. All right. So I think that wraps up our conversation with Mike Myers. It was interesting to look at him for somebody that has had such a small but effective time on SNL uh-huh. and then a very interesting film career, even if it's not the way we want to go. I'd be interested to be interesting to see uh, when we do this again finding somebody with like a different kind of ratio of kind of SNL to post SNL. Yeah. Um, just to explore some other people. But I think Mike Myers is probably in a lot of people's top five cast members and definitely worth talking about. Yeah. And, and has definitely made a lot of money after SNL. <laughs> oh man, that, that sweet, sweet DreamWorks animated movie money. Yeah. So we have three, New weeks of SNL episodes. And yes. Randall does not know who the, these are. I don't. Tell me them. So uh, we have, uh, on December 5th, we have Jason Bateman. Ooh. I don't think that. he's hosted before. I don't think he has either. I love Jason Bateman. I love him. He uh, He's an interesting cat going from uh, Arrested Development to <laughs> Ozark. Yeah, and then he was in uh, The Outsider. Did you? That mm-hmm. was on HBO, like this Stephen King Oh, okay. Hunt, and he's he directs it and and is starring in it. So nice. another good, yeah. And he is performing with Morgan Wallen. Ooh. So Morgan Wallen, who screwed up his COVID protocols and couldn't uh, perform and got replaced by Jack White, he is got a second chance. He's back. Okay. okay. Let's see if he can do it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, December 12th is Timothy Chalamet. I like him. I have heard his name a million times. I could not tell you one thing he's in. I'm sorry. I could tell you that he's in Little Women, but I haven't seen it. Oh, oh yeah. He's in that new Dune movie that's coming out. Okay. He's uh, just did The King. He was in Beautiful Boy with Steve Carell. Okay. Great young actor. Yeah, I hear he's wonderful. I have not seen him do anything. He, uh, Chloe Fineman did an impression of him during the At Home episodes. Oh, yeah, she did. So I'm sure we will see that. That would be nice. Yeah, nice. And then uh, the musical guest is Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band. Oh, great. They have done Christmas before. Okay. So uh, I hope that they do. They have a great uh, version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. So I hope that they do that. Yeah. And then December 19th is Kristen Wiig. Okay. Who people like. Mm-hmm. And I, like <laughs> I like Kristen Wiig. So. I like... Uh, she had just too many recurring characters and then used them all and in the ground. And yeah. her style of comedy is not mine. Yeah. I don't think that... I think she is talented. I think she is good. I am just not into what she's doing. Did, did you like Bridesmaids? I thought Bridesmaids was great. I think she is great in an ensemble. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I think... She kind of plays a straight character in that. Yeah. And I think her movie roles have been 
better. I mean, not better, but like I like what she's done as a movie uh-huh. person. Like she's, you know, in Bridesmaids and also in The Martian. She's done some stuff that's been interesting since she left the show. I just like don't need a Penelope sketch. Yeah. And that's what I fear when I see that she, because I think the second time she's hosted, that it's just going to be everything that she does. It's yeah. going to be all of her things. It's going to be the surprised aunt, and it's going to be Gilly and the Penelope, hands, yeah. and oh, the oh, the the, the Lawrence Welk yeah. sketch with the tiny hands, <laughs> and the Target lady, and oh. yeah. They, she can't do the Californians because there's none of them left. It's just <laughs> Keenan. Um, even though her and Keenan as the sole Californians would maybe be funny. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, musical guest is Dua Lipa. Oh, great. I like her. So, yeah. So it's going to be an interesting set of episodes. I think that, um, like we talked about with our Thanksgiving episode, that they'll all be a little Christmassy. Mm-hmm. You know, getting increasingly Christmassy. As the uh, as the weeks go on, yeah, a lot of Christmas COVID jokes. I feel like Christmas COVID jokes. Uh, I I'm interested to see what because I believe with Baldwin saying you're welcome at the end of the last episode that he was on, the end of the the first six that he is not coming back. I hope not. So, but I bet by December fifth, the president will not have conceded the election yet. Yeah. So I wonder what they're going to do about that. Because that feels like the most pressing thing for them to talk about next week. Yeah, I just, I want to see more of the cast members. And even though I love Jim Carrey and Maya Rudolph and Alec Baldwin. Yeah. We, uh, every, they're even featured in sketches. And I want to get to know this cast. Yes. I really hope that going forward, they hand the reins of the, the president and the vice president to other people. Yes, yeah, because we're going to have Biden for the next four years. Yeah, and they can't bring back Kerry for four years. No. And what's interesting about Biden is because, like, we've seen Biden played by Jim Carrey, Jason Sudeikis, Mm -hmm. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. So that doesn't seem like a hard thing to do. I could very easily see Mikey Day or Alex Moffat take that over, just, like, let them do that. Yeah. Um, and then Kamala Harris's specific ethnicity makes it a little bit harder with the current women in the cast. Yeah. Maybe me. Uh, I think being so yours probably the, the best choice because she is also a gifted impressionist. And wouldn't it be nice to give that poor woman a vehicle? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that because, you know, um, Kamala Harris is a mixed race individual and I think so is Melissa Villasenor. So like maybe that that's the way that they play it. Yeah. We'll see what they do next week. Uh, but I'm excited to have three new uh, weeks of episodes. So when we yeah. come back, we'll be able to talk about Jason Bateman hosting with um, healthy and protocol falling Morgan Wallen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Thank you so much for listening to Saturday Night Rewind. Please rate, review, and subscribe at whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That really helps people find us. We're having a great time, but we Mm want to make sure that other people are listening to this as well. You can follow us on Twitter at SNRewind. You can email us at SNRewindPod at gmail.com. You can find Randall at Fresh Cut Cut Randall. Randall. Uh, Find out about all of his workout tips on (laughs) Uh, Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Mr. B Paradise on the same platforms. Twitter and Instagram, you will find that I don't post very much, but you can see pictures of me doing things. They're great. They're great pictures. Oh, my goodness. They're so great. Randall, is truly a wonderful experience to have you here on my back patio talking about Saturday Night Live, and I hope that you have a great week. Thank you, Brian. Same to you. Uh-huh.